the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, October the 28th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On October 28, 1922, fascism came to Italy. Benito Mussolini took control of the government and the country. Today in 1636, the General Court of Massachusetts passed a legislative act establishing Harvard College. Harvard College was the first educational higher learning institution in America. It was put in place by John Harvard, a pastor. He said he wanted to start the college to train people for the ministry. My, how we have moved away from that founding mission at Harvard. Today in 1726, the original edition of Gulliver's Travels, a novel by Jonathan Swift, it was first published in London. Today in 1858, Roland Hussey Macy. He opened his first New York store at 6th Avenue and 14th Street in Manhattan. We know those stores as simply Macy's. Today in 1886, a Statue of Liberty, a gift from the people of France, was dedicated in New York Harbor by President Grover Cleveland. Today in 1919, Congress enacted a Volstead Act that provided for enforcement of prohibition. That was over President Woodrow Wilson's veto. Today in 1936, President Franklin D. Roosevelt rededicated the Statue of Liberty on its 50th anniversary. Today, in 1962, Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev informed the United States that he had ordered the dismantling of missile bases in Cuba. In return, the U.S. secretly agreed to remove nuclear missiles from U.S. installations in Turkey. And today, in 2001, the families of people killed in the September 11 terrorist attack, they gathered in New York for a memorial service. They sang hymns and prayed. Because when it comes to those kinds of crisis, and that was indeed a crisis for the families who lost loved ones for sure, but all of us in America, when it comes to those times in life, there is only one person we can turn to that's absolutely going to be faithful. Absolutely going to be faithful. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, verse 65, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. That theme is in the New Testament as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Isaiah pondered the faithfulness of God. He said, For this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah shall no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall thy covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. 
I was reading something that Corey Tinboom had written uh, earlier this morning, as a matter of fact. In it, she said, I've experienced his presence in the deepest, darkest hell that man can create. I have tested the promises of the Bible, and believe me, you can count on them. Isn't that typically Corey Tinboom? After what she had been through, I think we're going to make it. But we do live in a screwed up world. There's no question about that. There's a lot going on, there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of misleading nuance in our culture today, no question. You'll be hearing this story today in the news. It will develop, as they say, it is a developing story. An assailant broke into the house of Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul. They have several homes, as uh, most public servants do. But anyway, it was the San Francisco house, broke in early this morning, violently attacking Paul Pelosi. Um, according to a spokesperson from Nancy Pelosi's office. Nancy Pelosi was not there. I presume she's in Washington, D.C. I don't know where she was, but nonetheless, she was not at home. But Paul, her husband, was violently attacked. The statement they put out just a few moments ago, and like I said, you'll be hearing more about this throughout the day, but the statement they put out just a few moments ago said, early this morning an assailant broke into the Pelosi residence in San Francisco and violently assaulted Mr. Pelosi. The assailant is in custody, and the motivation for the attack is under investigation. Mr. Pelosi was taken to the hospital, where he's receiving excellent medical care and is expected to make a full recovery. The Pelosi spokesman, this Drew Hamill, uh, gave the statement. But CNN is reporting this morning, just minutes ago, that the attack was carried out with a hammer. A claw hammer, apparently, but a hammer. This attack on Paul Pelosi, according to CNN and other sources now. I suppose there will be, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but I suppose there should be a committee convened and appoint a, 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 some kind of a entity appointed by Congress. We need to look into banning hammers, hammer violence, because... Who knows where this can go? So I'm sure there will be millions spent in analyzing this, and maybe we will start a movement in America to get rid of hammers, to ban them, or at least sell them only to certain people. It's sad, but that's kind of the nation we live in. In the wake of historic declines in math and reading scores in schools and polls showing concerns over controversial material in the classrooms on top of the midterm voters minds it's number one and number two in almost all polls the economy is right there with education people are really concerned about education in america well vice president kamala harris she stepped up and she is going to solve the education problem she is planning to spend five billion dollars on education So what are we going to do with education? Well, she said, we're going to buy electric school buses. Honest. On Wednesday, Harris introduced a plan that would spend $5 billion over the next five years using the so-called bipartisan infrastructure law that would allow schools to receive rebates on purchasing electric school buses. Here's what the woman 
who is one heartbeat away from the presidency, said. She said, quote, when I think about what uh, when I think about what the experience should be for our children of going to school on the school bus, I think about the fact that it should be about maximizing that experience for them, understanding that this bus symbolizes so much about our collective investment in the future. Where did she say that? Oh, she was in Seattle. And, of course, the applause was long and loud. The announcement comes at a difficult time in public education. We've been talking about it on this program the last, well, number of years since we started this program, but we've been talking about it in particular the last few days. Yeah. Public education in America is in free fall as a dispute over parental rights clashes with the controversial sexual content in the school libraries, the classrooms, secretive transgender policies continue to stir the country. Parents are upset. They're angry. They've been kept in the dark, but all of a sudden, they're finding out about this stuff. A recent Rasmussen poll, Rasmussen poll found that 77% of voters think education is an important issue in the election. 68% say they worry about schools promoting controversial beliefs and attitudes. We should be worried about schools promoting controversial beliefs and attitudes. That's what they do. That's why the latest nation's report card came out showing that our schools are miserably failing in educating children on the most important things that they're supposed to be educating them on, like math and how to connect sentences together and speak to one another in real words and so on. When parents are trying to pry their children out of the clutches of perverts, introducing five-year-olds to transgenderism, we got men who are fools running around acting like a woman in front of five-year-olds, the Biden administration, the person whose one heartbeat from the presidency, and President Biden called her President Harris again yesterday. Is that a slip of the tongue? Is it preparing us for I mean, I don't know. I know he keeps saying that, though. And he said it again yesterday. But that person, one heartbeat away or one decision away or whatever, is buying electric school buses to improve our kids' experience Well, public education is going to hell in a handbasket and taking countless kids with it, confused even over whether they're a boy or a girl. She and her, I suppose she'll want to paint the school buses, the electric school buses, purple or something on behalf of the transgender movement. I don't know. It's been said when your ears hear one thing, but your eyes see another Use your brain. Not sure who said that, but it's a good saying. We Christians can do that, and we can take one step beyond that and ask the Lord to give us discernment, because God does give us all discernment in life. God is faithful. God speaks to our hearts. God reveals things to us as we walk with him and stay close to him. But we're living in a state of denial here in this nation, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, about some things that happened just this week. We are living in a state of denial. Before we get into that, I want to thank you for your support. Your support allows this program to be on the air. 
I know that's true with a lot of things, but it's certainly true with this. If those of you who support us did not do so, we simply would not be doing this program. So many of you express so regularly as you support this ministry how much it means to you, how helpful it is. I am honored and humbled by your notes and your comments and so on. But if you're watching or listening to this program and you do receive something from it and you feel it's worthwhile, let me encourage you to stand with us financially. It is difficult to do these kinds of things. Not everybody agrees with me, and I know that's not a surprise, but those who do make this program possible. So please thank you in advance for standing with us. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. The media is a real problem in America because they don't tell the truth. They put out stories, they nuance them, or just make up stories sometimes, but mostly they nuance stories to lead the public to believe something that isn't exactly true. Newsweek published a widely, wildly misleading fact check in response to something that Senator Ted Cruz said recently during his appearance on The View of all places. Who could put Ted Cruz on The View? But he was. And, I, I mean, he's fearless. But anyway, he was on The View. He noted that the far left started multiple riots during 2020, and it included the Antifa movement, often leading the charge in some areas of the country, such as he named Portland, Oregon. Then he later named other um, cities as well, Seattle and, and so on. But host Whoopi Goldberg, she acted like she didn't know what Antifa riots were. I'll come back to that in a moment. By any objective metric, Pennsylvania Democrat Senate candidate John Fetterman bombed the other night in his his only debate, because he wouldn't do a debate with that Dr. Oz, the Republican. Oz is not a social conservative, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, but he adheres to Republican values, I guess. He's running for that, and he would be a Republican vote for the most part uh, if he should win. So the problem is that this, the incumbent had a stroke, and he's very inhibited by the stroke. And so they've been trying to cover that up and get him elected, much like they did with President Biden. I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't mean I, I'm just being honest. They kept Biden in the basement during most of the presidential campaign where he was elected, supposedly, uh, to the presidency. And now they're doing the same thing with this Fetterman. I feel sorry for him. I mean, nobody wants anyone to have a stroke. I don't want to have a stroke. I don't want you to have one. I don't want a family member to have one. But he had one, and it really has impaired him. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost... Um, cringy to, I mean, to see a man vying for public office with his um, restrictions right now. I mean, he can't really coherently communicate. And so they've kept him out of, you know, just out of the public sight, really, but they, they're not sure how to do that and get him elected. So that's the setting. So he and Oz finally had this, had this debate the other night, and I mean, even some Democrats called it Horrific, but 
for the most part, the media, some media were honest, but most part, for the most part, the media and most of the leadership in the Democratic Party were calling it a terrific performance. And then they gave this caveat. They said, well, it's a terrific performance because look at the disabilities he's overcoming and kind of made him a hero. Come come on, man, you can overcome this. Well, who doesn't want him to overcome? Do we want him leading the country, though, in one of the most important roles in our country, in our Congress? He needs to be focused on recovery, not on leading the most powerful nation in the world. And that would apply to the presidency as well. But the left seems to be living in a state of denial. Arizona Democrat gubernatorial candidate Kate Hobbs, I talked about her just the other day. Kate Hobbs, she should, uh, is suggesting now that Republican Carrie Lake and her allies, Carrie Lake is the woman that's running in Arizona, and for governor, she was 30 years as a a anchor on the news in Phoenix, which is a major market. Carrie Lake and her allies had something to do with a recent break-in at Hobbs' campaign quarters. It happened the other night, a couple nights ago, I think, and she immediately came out and said, well, I mean, Carrie Lake had something to do with that. Now Hobbs is backpedaling. But the left is, as I said, living in this state of denial. Let's go back to Ted Cruz for a minute. Texas Senator Cruz frequently described left-leaning activists, protesters, as violent and dangerous. On The View, he was talking about what happened for those couple of years, really, sporadically. And in Portland, it was pretty much, seemed like it was about a year long. But he was talking about that, claiming that his Democratic opponents have embraced this mob violence. Well, The View didn't like that, of course. That's not the truth they want to hear. But a frequent critic of anti-fascist, Antifa activists, and he has not been quiet. He speaks forcefully, and he speaks often, Ted Cruz. That's why so many of us like him a lot. Anyway, he he uh, was talking about this, and the, the view, the ladies on The View said, well, you're just trying to deflect arguments about the January 6th violence to claim that it was actually the left that carried out this year of fiery, destructive protests across the U.S., So Newsweek jumps into this, and they do a fact-check article that was wildly misleading. The fact-check. So someone says something, and then the other people come by, and they have this real uh, sort of a, you know, a Socrates look on their face or whatever, and they say, well, we're going to fact-check this, and we'll tell you the truth. So they fact-check it, and they tell you the truth, but it's not the truth, not at all. That's what's going on in America. The fact-checkers are as wrong as the facts they're checking. So Cruz noted, the far left started multiple riots. He noted that some of the areas in the country, particularly noted Portland, Oregon, he noted Seattle and others. So Whoopi Goldberg, one of the hosts on this The View, acted like she didn't know about it. Media Research Center tweeted at Ted Cruz, rips the view for supporting Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams' election denialism. Whoopi, they're quoting her, Media Research Center, Whoopi, we may not like when Republicans win, but we don't storm, and then Cruz cuts in. Cruz says, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across the country were burning? The Daily Wire was listening in on this. They're very conservative, as you may know. 
and they tweeted, whoopee, quote, we may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm, dot, dot, dot. Cruz says, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across the country were burning? Whoopee, quote, I don't know what an Antifa riot is. Cruz says, really? That's the world we live in. In Newsweek's fact check, they conceded that riots did take place, but it wasn't all the cities and it wasn't the whole country. (laughs) That's what they said about Cruz's comments. They said Antifa does not exist, so they rated Cruz's comments as false statements. After being told how wrong they were to claim that Antifa didn't exist, Newsweek finally, two days later, just yesterday, updated the story, but they still maintain that Cruz was wrong. And you wonder why people are so confused in our nation. And if you don't have the word of God, if you don't have the truth as a, as a banner, as a light to your path, of how lost can you get in our culture? Very lost. There's countless evidence to show that Antifa movement is real, most often violent, loosely organized it is, but it's very real threat to certain areas of the country should they get motivated to mobilize. Some Antifa groups do not explicitly call themselves Antifa, but they're part of that network. Everybody that looks into this, that cares to know what's really going on, knows this. But their stated goals of abolishing the police and even abolishing the United States are not in doubt. Everybody that has looked at this honestly know that's what they're about. They, I, I'm not defending Black Lives Matter. That has been a disaster from the get-go. I won't, I'm tempted to go off into that, but I'm not going to do it. But when Black Lives Matter started marching in these cities a couple of years ago and doing their thing, Antifa came into the crowd and became part of that mob and started breaking and burning, and other people joined them, of course. But they've been doing this for a long time in America. They hate America. But Newsweek is living in denial. This same thing happened with this debate, with Dr. Oz and this Pennsylvania Democrat. He had a stroke in the spring. It's evident the challenges he faces during the recovery are, are, are great. And who would not wish him well? I mean, forget the political party part of it, except that Fetterman is not well. He, he, this is not a time in his life, regardless of whether he's a Republican or a Democrat, he just shouldn't be serving in an important role in our country and in the leadership. He needs to recover. The Fetter, Fetterman is not well, chorus is growing so loud that his campaign had to come up with some sort of an excuse, so they settled on on blaming technology. They came out with a statement that said, we are thrilled with John's performance. He did remarkably well, especially when you consider that he's still recovering from a stroke and was working off of delayed captions filled with errors. John won countless exchanges, counterpunched aggressively, and pushed back on Oz's cruelty and attacks. So what was Oz's cruelty and attacks? Well, they said he spoke, he purposely spoke too fast because he's a TV doctor and Fetterman couldn't understand. And that was why he did so miserably in his responding. Carrie Lake, 
Washington Examiner reported yesterday Carrie Lake, the Republican nominee for governor in Arizona, called reporters despicable for asking her to respond to allegations from the Arizona Democratic Party that she was directly responsible for a break-in at the Democratic nominee Katie Hobbs' office earlier this week. Lake said that is absolutely absurd. They're, she, they're messing with this woman who has been on the air on live news casting for 30 years. That's very helpful to bring you to a point where you really can think on your feet. Believe me. So anyway, she she um, she said this is absolutely absurd. It sounds like a Jesse Smollett part too. You're going to drag the people through something like this, she said in response to a question from a CNN reporter who was asking her about it. She said, "You're letting a woman who has been running a terrible campaign direct you to a story like this. You know she's running a bad campaign." Lake said. The Phoenix Police Department said it's investigating the burglary at Hobbs. Campaign headquarters, and uh, they'll be reporting on it later, and so on. But uh, Lake said <laughs> she told the press, she said, "I don't even know where her office is, so I wasn't there." And she said, "I don't know who was there, but it wasn't anybody organized out of my campaign, and so on." I had to think as I was looking at this and thinking about all of this, and there's much, much more. But more than 2,500 years ago, Isaiah the prophet spoke to the deception, the dishonesty in his times that he knew, that he saw, that he thought about. He said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's Isaiah 5.20. Many of you have heard that. Some of you probably have memorized it. It's one thing to do evil and recognize it as evil. It's quite another thing to do evil and call it good and maybe even start to believe it's good. I'm afraid that's where we are today. Michael Brown was talking about that earlier this week. He said, quote, going back two decades, consider Dr. George Tiller, infamous for his late-term abortion practice. He hailed, was hailed as a hero by the pro-abortion movement. In their eyes, he was performing a compassionate service for hurting families relieving them of the pain of bringing an unwanted child into the world. Brown is sharp. He's a good writer and a good thinker. He said there are articles about Tiller with titles like A Gentle, Compassionate Man, Remembering Dr. George Tiller, and The Compassion of Dr. Tiller. He said the later article states that George Tiller <clears throat> excuse me, is frequently described as controversial. But in the tight-knit world of abortion providers and among the women under his care, he was often called a saint. A saint? This guy was one of the last doing abortions right up until the due date. I mean, just before the baby came out of the birth channel, he would kill it under the guise of women's health, abortion. The fact that Tiller was inexcusably murdered in 2009 by a so-called pro-life extremist that shouldn't detract from what he was doing. That was wrong. I mean, absolutely wrong. But what he was doing was wrong as well. It included offering his clients. He was even offering his clients a package deal on their late-term abortion that included fingerprinting, baptism, burial, or cremation. And they were calling it and still remember him as a good man. Some call him a saint. We need to put our focus on the Lord. 
and on the Word of God. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.